Next on BYU Sports Nation, changes are coming in the West Coast Conference. Head coach Dave Rose discusses the Cougars' offseason moves and the new scheduling and tournament formats in the league. Does BYU football need two starters at quarterback? And have you ever thought about joining a book club? No. And what role has BYU played in Gonzaga's recent success? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? It is Thursday, April 12th, and BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is collecting roses, so I'm teamed up with the man who will be in the movie theater. In two weeks from today, watching all 20 Marvel movies, back to back to back to back to back, prior to Infinity War, Jason Shepard. That would be awesome. Spencer and, I, Spencer and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago, and he asked me if I was going to do it. I would love to do it. Unfortunately, it would cost $1,000. way too much money. Unfortunately, it's not going to be held on a Tuesday. <laughs> it won't be five bucks. In You're Utah. not going to be able to watch all 70 Marvel movies for $5, yeah, unfortunately. Provo lost its uh, dollar theater, uh, you know, Movies 8, uh, a few months back, or maybe a year now. That really affected uh, – when I was in college, that was the place, man. You go to the dollar theater. I'm taking right? money off the table. Would you spend that much time from start to finish to watch it? Because I would. If it, I had the time it, to it give – It depends. Yes, What's I Ryan Logan's availability for this program? <laughs> that, 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 that would be the question. My, my life basically revolves around this show, and I have a family as well. No, but we're just we're, – we're having – it's a hypothetical conversation. Right, right. If you could do it, you had the time if to do it, do it, and money was not a problem, yeah. would you do it? Yeah. Would you spend that much time to watch all of those movies in a row? It would be extremely tiresome. This is coming from a guy that prior to, like, last year, I would watch all three Lord of the Rings. Like, well, we stopped doing it. All in one day, but we do it all in one day for a few years there. That was so, it was so tiring. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I've seen these movies before. I do love them, but I saw them last year. I need like an every other year thing. Yeah, yeah. Not a big Lord of the Rings guy. So. Brian Logan's never seen Lord of the Rings ever. <laughs> really? Which I'm like, I've only seen it's gonna be okay. the one time, like just in the theater. That oh, really? Yeah. The one time? Yeah. I, that was good enough okay. for me. Okay. Well, you're going to, uh, Brian Logan just texted me, I'm ready, bro. <laughs> I'm just at home bored picking my nose right now. What? Good, good to know, Brian, but TMI. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jason, it is a well-known fact that backup quarterbacks nowadays play a larger role, potentially, than previously ever in college football. The number two needs to be ready to be the number one. In fact, based on the game one starter of each season of the seven in independence, BYU has started a backup in 41% of BYU's 91 games as an independent. Again, based on who started the first game. 41%. Jason, does BYU need two number ones at quarterback this season? The easy answer is yes, but I don't know if that's any kind of revelation or anything. Every backup quarterback needs to be ready to be the number one guy at any given time. And as you mentioned, especially in recent years, BYU's backup plays. So I I, I don't know if this is any different than we've seen any other year. The bigger deal to me, because the backup has played so much, is the third string guy needs to be ready. Because the third string guy 
in a lot of th- these recent years has been the backup. Let me and give you the some, info on and that. And in some cases, the starter. James Lark started two games in 2012. Joe Critchlow started three games in 2017. There is the third guy, a yes. third starter in two different seasons for multiple games. I don't know if there's any program. Certainly you have a guy that you pick as a starter because you hope he's healthy the entire year and that's your guy from start to finish. Yeah. But things happen, whether it's injuries, you just never know. So I think every team, their backup has to be somebody that they feel, if given the opportunity, can be their starter. So again, the easy answer is, is yes, they need them, but I think that they've always thought that. I think BYU has three or four starters among this group that is competing for the number one. Uh, we've seen... Tanner Mangum start 21 games. We've seen Bo Hodge start two games. We've seen Joe Crislow start three games. Who knows uh, what role Zach Wilson will play depending on uh, you know, skill level and winning and is he redshirting or not and injuries or whatever. We hope they're all healthy and it just works out. But the best guy's got to be ready. And then there has to be another guy. I thought Christian Stewart did one of the, the finest uh, mop-up jobs as the backup. He lost four in a row. But his first start's a Thursday night on the road across the country at UCF. He has to go against Boise State. That year was really good. Boise State put up 55. He's got he's to lead this team. He, le- he led the team to four wins, uh, you know, post 4-0 start. Against Utah State, he was, like, the only guy that wasn't having a panic attack after Taysom Hill uh, <laughs> went down. He and Jim McMahon, I suppose, uh, at halftime there. But, yeah, you need two number ones, if not three, like you said. You know what? Do you know who I saw lurking, by the way, in this studio? Lurking? Maybe lurking right now the countdown ninja hit it countdown to the wildcats 142 142 142 days until byu takes on the arizona wildcats by the way uh some good news for those of you in the phoenix area uh we will be at pioneer park in mesa arizona on may 5th as as a part of the byu fan fest (laughs) Uh, come hang out with us on Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, Pioneer Park, Mesa, Arizona. We are going to be there, and we are very excited about that. So uh, uh, check it out coming up uh, May 5th. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> the closer we get to the NFL draft, which, by the way, is two weeks from today, go. the more attention is paid to the mock drafts and the guys that are projecting where guys are going to go. Fred Warner's been rumored to go anywhere from, say, the second round to the seventh round. He's not going in the seventh round. He won't be around that long. But we asked Fred Warner on Pro Day, if you remember back to our Pro Day special that we did, we had him on set, you and Spencer were talking to him, and we asked him what's more important to him, the round that he goes in or the team that he goes to. His answer was actually pretty clear. Oh, absolutely. Who drafts me? Uh, I, want, I just want to go to a team that, you know, uh, sees me as, you know, as a valuable piece to their to their puzzle um, and that I can inc- improve their team and, you know, somewhere I can grow and become the best player I can be. Jerem, is it more important which round you get drafted in or which team you get drafted by? Now, round means money. Yes. But team is fit. Fit matters. Then he can thrive and make a difference. Nobody likes being in a situation where it's a bad fit, whether that's a bad marriage, job, etc. Nobody likes a bad fit. Ask Cinderella's sisters when they tried on the glass slipper. Fit really matters. It's all about the team that drafts them. Wow. Look, here's what you want. You want to be Kyle Vannoy with the Patriots, not Kyle Vannoy with the with the Lions. It was great that that's he was, the difference between what cable and <laughs> Directv or whatever but, but those look, commercials. Look, Kyle 
everybody was excited for Kyle. Kyle was extremely excited. He was drafted in the second round by the Lions, but it turned out to not be a great fit for him. He's moved on then to the Patriots, which is a good fit, and we saw what happened. He's part of a super two Super Bowl you know, two Super Bowl games, one Super Bowl victory. So it's all about the fit. Because most times, even though you may be able to get more money if you get drafted higher, that may not necessarily lend itself to longevity. Fit lends itself to longevity because if you find a place that fits you and that they like the fit you are with them, in in all likelihood, you're probably there longer. This may be the rare instance when it's not actually about the money. Like when someone says, no, it's not about the money. Most of the time, they're just lying. Right. Uh, But in this case, I think that's fair. It's not necessarily about the money. And there's not going to be a huge difference per se. Uh, If you got picked second round really high, but it was a bad fit, yeah, you're getting paid more than if you're in the sixth round. But but then maybe your second contract, you're getting more than you would have. Right. You're hoping you're getting drafted high and to a good fit. You're hoping for the yes, best of you both, want both worlds. That's what everybody wants. And I don't want Fred Warner the Browns like we mentioned yesterday. <laughs> In the past week, we've learned some news out of Spokane, Washington, regarding basketball players Killian Tilly and Rui Hachimura, who are both returning to the Zags next season. Yay! Jason, what's your reaction to the Zags returning both Tilly and Hachimura? Eh. I mean, it's not a surprise. I expected them to come back. And I know that, especially Hachimura, this is a guy that could have very easily, he was going to be a number one draft pick. Now, I don't know if he was going to be a lottery pick, but he was, he was close. So, but I, the more I read about it, the more I heard he was going to come back and try and improve that draft stock so that next year he could be a lottery guy. So I really wasn't surprised. And here's the other thing. Even if they had left, we knew that Gonzaga was just going to bring in guys that were just as good, if not better. They always do. They, they always do. So, yeah, I just wasn't surprised with it. I feel like Eeyore on this. Ugh, Gonzaga. You mean Optimus Prime? Sam the Cube. What? Gonzaga <laughs> bringing back Hachimura and Tilly. Why bother? Listen, this is Gonzaga's league. BYU hoping to challenge for the league championship and win it at some point. Um, this is a good team. So, Jonathan Williams is not returning for Gonzaga. He is leaving uh, because he graduated. Silas Melson as well. But listen to the front court of the Zags. Killian Tilly, Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark, San Jose State transfer who sat out last year. All he did at San Jose State the year before that was be first team all Mountain West. 17 points, 9 rebounds a game, 2.6 blocks per game. So that's great coming off the bench maybe. Jacob Larson, 6'11", sophomore from Denmark. Philip Petrusev, ESPN's 52nd overall uh, selection. And, uh, is it fifth, Philip or is it Philippe? Philippe, I don't know. Fifth, se- uh, number five center in all of yes. uh, the incoming freshmen from Serbia. He can shoot three, six, eleven. No, by the way, uh, you know, local Jazz fans remember Greg Foster on those NBA Finals teams. His kid, Greg Foster Jr., is the number twenty uh, shooting guard in the backcourt. So Gonzaga is going to reload. They they might even be better. Norvell Jr.'s back. <laughs> Perkins is back. That's what I mean. Those guys are they're really good. We're going to talk to Dave Rose, by the way, about. Gonzaga and West Coast Conference uh, changes and BYU, a lot of that coming up. All right, so I, like, I kind of like doing this. This is a peek behind the curtain a little bit. Okay. In our afternoon meeting yesterday, we were discussing you know, which players were going to be added to the Zags roster. And, and when we came across— Because this is Gonzaga Sports Nation occasionally. <laughs> but it was based off of, all right, what's BYU going to be facing this year? Yes. When we came across the Serbian that you mentioned, and I'm going to call him Philippe Petrosev. Because it's more European. Why not? Okay. Why not? 
Sounds more exotic. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't know much about this guy. So our producer, Ben Bagley, decided to text our good friend, Will Moppin, from uh, at mid underscore madness to get the, uh, the 411 on this guy. After answering our question, Will just happened to drop this little nugget at the end of the text. He said, quote, it's crazy how far Gonzaga has risen since BYU joined the league. And you and me and Ben were like, wait, what? So, Jerem. Is BYU responsible for all of Gonzaga's recent success? All? No. Come on. <laughs> we, we are good at claiming what is not ours, rightfully. Uh, the answer is a blatant no. But it is interesting uh, to think about how much the tide has been raised since BYU came into the league. The tide th- has turned? I think Gonzaga had uh, somewhat of a panic attack after getting blown out in Denver against BYU in the second round of the NCAA tournament. They thought, oh my goodness, BYU is going to challenge what we've been doing here for a while. The answer wasn't actually yes in that. It was Jimmer is on this team and he's graduating. BYU has won in Spokane. BYU has made it interesting and gone to three title games while in the West Coast Conference. But BYU hasn't actually uh, challenged Gonzaga for a regular season championship quite yet. So is BYU responsible? No, but it is interesting to see that Gonzaga has uh, entered this golden era of uh, Zags basketball since BYU entered the league. Look, as much as I would love to be able to take credit for everything. Like all of it? No. Some of for, it? Like a little portion? Look, maybe. I, look, I mean, I think it's just a coincidence that... There are no coincidences. <laughs> that Gonzaga has, has kind of hit the golden age of Zags basketball right now. I mean, certainly when you're putting a team together, you're looking at your competition. So from that standpoint, certainly, yes. you know, you're looking at what BYU is doing for Gonzaga. You're looking at St. Mary's and, and everybody else. BYU did it with St. Mary's last a- season. Absolutely. But, but no, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that Gonzaga has reached these heights because BYU's in the league. I, I think this was the trajectory they were on, and now they're, they're being able to see all of this come to fruition. Well... I don't think it's a coincidence, though. Gonzaga's been a number one seed twice. They never were before. They went to the Final Four. Like, to their credit, they've had better teams. But I think their recruiting got better as they saw a, another challenger in the league. St. Mary's winning percentage all-time in the series history is 18% against Gonzaga. That's pathetic. BYU has a win percentage of 45. It's a more even uh, competition. Not in the West Coast Conference Tournament, per se, but uh, in the regular season, absolutely. Kyle Collinsworth is beginning a pro-level health Facebook group, Jason, that includes tips to living a healthier lifestyle, something I do not want. <laughs> Part of the group includes a book club, which got us thinking. And this is one of the weirdest questions we've ever asked. Who would be in your BYU book club? Okay, now are we limiting this to current <laughs> players, or are we going all time? Let's go all time, so Mel Hutchins is available. <laughs> For, I'm going to go a current player right now. I want Peyton Dastrup in my book club. Peyton Dastrup would Is keep he a reader. It, would keep it, or you just think he'd be fun to hang out? He'd be fun to hang out hang. with. But he does. He does strike me as a reader too. Okay, very intellectual, but he likes to have fun too. Yeah, I would hope he'd have glasses when he, <laughs> to, just to add to the. He's sporting a nice mustache right now. There's no such thing. No, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Away, we were. We actually. We were I would dis- know. There's no such. We were discussing this at the uh, banquet the other night. Yeah. So. So. Yes, at the banquet. <laughs> <laughs> when so, we were dining on hors d'oeuvres and <laughs> reading Les Mis. No. So Peyton Dastrup would be one. Okay. I gotta have Jimmer. Okay. Jimmer would be in there. 
I want uh, I want Danny Ainge would be in my book club. I think Danny would be able to tell some stories if the book we were reading was kind of boring. Yeah, he'd be like, hey, this one time in 86 during <laughs> yeah. the finals. So that's, those, are, those are the ones that I'm going to go with. This one time with Tree Rollins. It's <laughs> awesome. There are a lot of guys, but I'm yeah. limiting it to me and three others. He's like, oh, you know, I don't want to, like yes. a huge book club. Yes. And, and I'm really hoping that, quite frankly, in the book club, we could avoid actually having to read a book. But that's just me. I know. You're not a reader, so I'm surprised by this well-thought-out answer. But don't you see that most of, this, book club. most of this would be to be able to have the conversations with them and avoid actually having to read the book? Well, that's a classic book club, right? You show up, you're like, yeah, I totally read this book. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> Remember when Cliff Notes came out? Oh, yeah. In the 90s? Oh, I yeah. was in high school, and I was like, I don't even have to read the book now? <laughs> this is great. I ain't reading Great Gatsby. No, thanks. Yeah. Catcher in the Rye? No way. It's the same attitude Crime you and took punishment? with practice for track and field. It was cross country. Or excuse me, cross country. But yes, a close second. <laughs> uh, who would be in mine? I don't know. Our question of the day. Is it fair to expect BYU Hoops to go to the NCAA tournament each year? We're going to talk to Dave Rose for two segments today coming up. Uh, we're going to ask him that question. Why or why not? Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter and Instagram. At T. Brahrer. Probably not, but I don't think it's out of bounds to expect them to at least be close until they can consistently win those West Coast Conference games. They should probably win each season, but have too often lost in recent seasons. Consistently making NCAA attorneys is wishful dreaming. Where do you stand on this answer? Look, we, we kind of had a, a similar discussion a little while ago. I, I don't think anybody should go in not expecting your team to play th- the best that they can. And if the goal is to go to the NCAA tournament every year... goal versus expectation is different. Yes, I understand. But if that's your goal, I don't think it's crazy to expect that. Like, if you're... That's what you're trying to achieve. You create disappointment if you don't reach it. No, I I understand that. But uh, but every sports fan ultimately is disappointed, for the most part. Well, that'd be like uh, the Browns saying, we expect to make the playoffs every year. How about you expect to win, like, six games first? or eight games and compete. and that, Because then every year we're like, oh, we sink, we sink, we sink. When BYU basketball in reality has not stunk, they've actually been good. Absolutely. But the standard has been high because uh, Dave Rose made the NCAA tournament eight different times as, as an at-large in the first, like, what, 10 years? So then the expectation was there. The expectation here is not to win the West Coast Conference Championship in the regular season because that's a, a thing that hasn't happened. Right. And so it's not the expectation. The expectation is to uh, be competitive. And I think at this point, it's like the expectation is to be on the bubble. I think that's the hope. The hope is you get into the NCAA tournament. The expectation is, can we at least smell it? Can we approach it and then get into it later? That would be nice. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, what does the future hold for BYU Hoops under the new WCC scheduling standards? We will have Dave Rose in studio and we'll ask him. And next, the first of two segments with BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose. His thoughts on the season last year, what's in the mix this offseason for the Cougars roster and schedule. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
BYU baseball begins a three-game series tonight in Portland. Jordan Wood takes the mound for the Cougars. You can listen to the game live on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Good luck to the Cougars on the bluff. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation, the simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Question of the day, is it fair to expect BYU Hoops to go to the NCAA tournament each year? Why or why not? Use the hashtag BYUSN to weigh in. We now introduce the head coach of the men's basketball team, Dave Rose, in studio for the first of not one, but two segments. Thanks for hanging out with us today, Dave. Hey, thanks thanks for having me. And talking about the baseball team, how about last weekend, huh? Two walk-offs, big wins, swept the series. Uh, I, I love the baseball program. I love baseball, period, and I love watching it. And uh, the last time that I saw the Portland baseball field, it had six inches of snow on it. When we were up there to, to play our game with Portland, they had all the team out there rolling the snow and sticking it in the back of golf carts and hauling it off, and <laughs> dumping it in the parking lot. And they had put it in not very strategic positions. And so our bus tried to get out that way, and we had to back up and come out because the, the, the snow pot was piling up off of the baseball field. So hopefully the field's uh, dry and, and clean and our guys can go get a couple more wins. Now, uh, some people know, but you played baseball in college uh, and were a pretty good, uh, pretty good hitter. Hit four twenty one at Dixie. And yeah. Didn't you play against the BYU JV team one time or something? Yeah, quite a few times, actually, on our field down in Dixie. And, and then we played up here on the old Cougar field when it was, looked a little different than it looks like now. <laughs> no, it's very nice. But uh, the, you know, those, those, were, those were really fun days. In fact, I actually, um, before my mission, was contacted by a couple professional teams that uh, – uh, about being drafted and if I'd go play, and I had my mission call at the time. And so uh, when I got back, I was a little bit the, the age issue was it was uh, pretty significant to those major league guys. So ended up playing basketball. Do you, do you ever think about if I had done this down that road? No, because I didn't really like baseball. <laughs> I mean, what you what you really like is the games and playing. Batting practice is awful, you know. <laughs> and I know Mike Mike keeps it all going and it's pretty exciting, but our practices, they'd get to be pretty long. All I could think about when, during batting practice when I was out there shagging balls was, you know, if I could get in the gym and who, what kind of run was going on and who the guys were that were there. So, uh, But I, I, I love watching it. I think it's, it's especially live. You, it's not a coincidence that your, your offenses have generally be been up tempo because that's the way you are. You're not the slow tempo <laughs> of batting practice, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, the, the, you mean the you know the ten minutes where you're in the cage or in the box or the you know the guys are th- throwing that, that's fine. And then all the other stuff is good when you're you know practicing all your defensive drills and stuff. But just shagging balls, that's that's pretty tough. Yeah. Let's talk about BYU. The next segment we're going to talk about West Coast Conference scheduling and tournament format differences and your role kind of in uh, heading the head coaches uh, with that. But uh, you had the banquet the other night. It's kind of the, the bow on the season. Uh, how'd you feel the season went and what were you pleased with? Well, it, it was uh, a, you know, a great year for these guys because they, they had an unbelievable brotherhood. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much the message from all the guys that spoke at the banquet of how much they enjoyed each other during the season. And, uh, you know, you know, to the fans and to the media, you, you see a very small part of an entire seven month, you know, uh, season that we we go through and um, in those games. And that's obviously the most important part. But but what these guys will remember uh, is really you know, important to me and, and pretty significant. And, and I, I just loved the group of guys, how they, 
you know, stayed together, a lot of challenges, wasn't the, the team that we thought we would have, and everyone thought that we were just going to be awful, and then we started winning, and everyone said, oh, these guys are really good, and then we lost a few and said, oh, they're awful, you know, and so uh, they dealt with all those things and, uh, you know, came up with, uh, uh, you know, for the most part, a, a, a really successful year with some really big wins. One of the things that really stood out to me at the banquet, and, and you were talking about all the all the accolades and, and the the twenty four wins and, and how pleased you were with what took place, but yet you wanted more. That was the goal. You guys were working for more. How do you define more? I think we all want more. I think we all want to. You know, we want to win a regular season conference tournament. I mean, a championship. We want to win a. Uh, conference tournament we want to you know get to the NCAA tournament want to advance in that tournament I think that uh, you know those are goals that we we set every year and um, it's it's getting more difficult and difficult for teams in our area to get invited to that tournament and so what you have to do now is you you that those three days four games and whatever how many games there are some teams are going to play two some are going to play five you know the way it's all set up now that weekend in Vegas is really important you know as far as trying to get yourself into the tournament to have an opportunity to advance because that's that's what uh, we're all striving for and that's what we want and uh, you talk about more you want you want more uh wins you want you know uh, more championships you want more opportunities in the tournament to advance you've had great success uh here at BYU in the 13 seasons and uh people got excited about that it do you care what the fans expect about your teams in the no, given they year? don't expect nearly as much as we do i mean i think that every player has got individual goals that they're trying to um you know, achieve themselves, and and our team is uh, dialed in every day, and we we all know what you know what we're trying to do, and I I think when you when you start to let other people define you by their expectations, that you're just going to kind of chase your tail, and uh, so I would I would very much dare say that our expectations are higher than you know media fans, anybody who supports us, because uh, these are guys that are driven and they've got really high high goals. It was announced a couple weeks ago Yoli Childs is going to test the draft waters, not going to hire an agent, which will he'll be able to keep his eligibility. This is something that, that you've had to deal with during your tenure. How, how do you handle those situations and the possibility of, of losing really good talent? Well, you know, that's, that's probably turned into uh, another one of our major challenges. I mean, obviously, missions is number one challenge. And then uh, this has become maybe 1A because – uh, you get these guys that are you know perform and have really good players they get in this b y u atmosphere and uh, and and they become you know stars uh of in their own right and kind of have their own brand uh because of all this you know uh, notoriety that we have and and uh and so they want to figure out okay I understand where I fit in this world here at b y u but where do I fit in you know maybe in a national stage and on that next level and so they want to you know, they want to go investigate it and see how how, how it plays out for them. And, um, you know, the, the rules and the timelines are the difficult things because, you know, you're in a position where if you if if, if your player just decides that he's going to stay in, it's a tough play. It's, it's tough to, to make that up and very difficult here at BYU because of all kinds of admission deadlines and admission qualifications. And uh, you can't just go say, OK. You're gone. Oh, I found this guy. Let's get him in school. I mean, and you were talking about fifth-year graduation yesterday or two days ago in our 
um, coaches meeting and that uh, for a a fifth-year graduate program guy, the applications they're telling us now need to be in by the end of January or maybe the 1st of February. I mean, are you kidding me? Really? Are you kidding me? Those guys are still playing for their team. For for someone who would come into the program? As a fifth-year transfer. As a fifth-year transfer. Yeah. Gotcha. Speaking of, uh, transfers is a thing that's – it's only getting bigger. It's not getting smaller. And there's some discussion of, okay, should we – let anybody transfer whenever they want, depending on GPA and whatnot. Your, your thoughts on kind of that conversation? Oh, but, you know, back at the Final Four where we had our head coaches conference meeting and, I mean, uh, the, the head coaches meeting for, uh, you know, the, the country, uh, that was quite a discussion. And uh, uh, the transfer, you know, committee, one of the members of the committee were uh, was in the room and spoke quite a bit. And there is a lot of discussion about uh, – you know, what's going to happen with this transfer. And, and I don't think anybody wants it to be just everybody can transfer and you can go anywhere and play the next year. But there's a possibility that that might happen one time, a one-time time transfer. And right now it's talked about, you know, uh, GPA being attached to it, but there's a possibility that that might become uh, maybe something that uh, uh, isn't fair for all the all the student athletes. A and, professor could sabotage it in theory, and, right? And, and a, a, a coach, a coach could too. Right. You know, I mean, um, but they want to take the forty-two percent of Division One basketball players are transferring. It's that high now. Wow. Yeah, and so uh, they don't want coaches to be able to control. This is where you can go. This is where you can can't go. Uh, they've talked about you know all the release problems because. In order for another school to start talking to you, the rule now, that's the rule now that's supposed to be abided by, they have to be released. And that makes it really difficult for a guy to talk about transferring to another school before he's actually released. And so they want to clean that up and let the player maybe put his name in some type of a uh, a database where they can, you know, but... He enters the transfer draft. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and like so, and so those are all options, and the things are on the table. And and I would I would imagine here in the next oh couple years, I don't know when it'll actually go into effect, but in the next couple of years, the transfer rules will change in you know college basketball, and uh, it'll be a whole nother light. Because you know what, what was it five, six, seven years ago when they 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 opened up the senior. Uh, graduate transfer option you know it was supposed to be all academic the guy didn't if if that degree wasn't offered at your university you could transfer to another university and be immediately eligible and 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 pursue that degree and that's changed college basketball this this next uh you know um procedure this this will really really change things Coming up on the other side, part two with head coach Dave Rose. After tweeting that his intentions are to come back, we'll ask Coach Rose if there's anything new with Nick Emery. Plus, we'll get into what went into the WCC scheduling format. And the new scheduling with 16 games and 7-10 coming in later. Tournament format, we'll ask Coach Rose about that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU is hosting the MPSF Tournament next weekend. BYU TV will have you covered. You can watch as the Cougars look to take home the title. First game will be next Thursday, April 19th. At 9 Eastern time right here on BYU TV. Can't wait for that. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. 
One segment wasn't enough with head coach Dave Rose, so we welcome him back for a second segment. Uh, coach, a couple questions about uh, some personnel and roster and whatnot, and then we'll move on to the West Coast Conference. Nick Emery tweeted he has intentions to come back to BYU. Kind of, what's the latest with Nick? And if I was on Twitter, I would tweet that we have intentions to have Nick come back. <laughs> okay, uh, it's uh, you know, if, if you were asking me, is it going to happen? I would say yes. There's a lot of things that are still involved, and uh, we're excited about it. Love to have you know Nick back. The players would be really excited to get him back because. I mean, he's Nick's one of those guys who's like best friends with five or six of these players, you know. And so uh, that was something that was really interesting to see. And I, I talked about it at the banquet to watch our guys go through that uh, that separation process when Nick, you know, decided that you know he needed to leave school, and you know our guys how they handled it and how they responded to it and how they supported him. And and I would love to see the 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 return of that and how how they open their arms and accept them back and and then watch Nick uh, go do his thing. Transfers uh we started to talk about it generally but specifically that's the thing that happens guys leave unexpectedly sometimes guys come in. Uh, a guy like Elijah Bryant is graduating, he has a chance to transfer if he wants. How soon will you know if guys are going to transfer on your team? Well, you know, usually those kind of things um um, at the end of the semester, you, you, you learn a lot about what's happening because they're really focused on, you know, it, 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 that academic part of it is such a big key uh, to, to, to that being able to happen. So, um, you know, you're always recruiting and you always got guys that you're trying to, uh, you know, keep on the, you know, I mean, just for example, we had a couple guys that were really, you know, kind of had on the table and we're, we're kind of maybe putting off just a little bit to see what was going to happen. And both of them committed last week. So it's getting late, you know, and it gets late pretty early in this uh, recruiting process as far as having really good players. Because you're not trying to just build your program, bring a guy in and bring him along. You're trying to actually, you know, replace one of your best players from the year before. And that's that puts a lot of uh, – you know, pressure and but excitement on the on the returning guys. You know that they have opportunities. So uh, we'll see. It, it's something that at the Final Four, I probably had discussions with ten, fifteen head coaches, and and all of them were talking about the same thing. Well, I got to get home and try and talk my guys out of leaving. <laughs> so the first thing you're trying wow. to do is is keep your you're, you're talking about forty percent of them. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You line up ten guys, four of them are going to be are going to transfer. Hmm. So you got a you've got an issue every spring. One more thing about your team specifically, and then we'll turn the page and go to the WCC. With with Coach Troyer moving on to now be the head coach at McNeese State, where does the situation stand with a, with a new assistant coach? Yeah, that's a, that's another challenge. Um, you know, it, the, the process of hiring here at BYU is just it's just a lengthy process. You guys have been through it, it so took you, Jason a while. So, to so get you, hired you, here. you understand. I mean, it, yeah. it just is extremely um, detailed and complicated and. Uh, so you're in the process of trying to get names cleared, being able to talk to people. You get applicants. Then you narrow it down to a group that you want to interview, and then that goes through another clearance process. So we're in the process of all that, and uh, um, hopefully here in the next you know week to 10 days that we'll actually be able to start the interview process and then go through a few guys and, and find our guy. And I'm, I'm confident we're going to get a great guy, and our guys are going to love him, and you know we'll move forward. Have you targeted an individual that you would like at this point? Um, no, 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 not, not really. I, I don't think I've ever done that. I think I've had, I've always got guys in mind and, mm-hmm. and, 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 
it's kind of like just like your team. You know, you 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 expect some things to happen, but then you prepare for other things to happen. And and in the hiring process, and I've been through it so many times. I had three head coaches. I mean, three coaches, assistant coaches, leave for head jobs from BYU, which I think might be a record in the 120 years that we've actually played. I mean, this this is really healthy on our staff as our our guys being able to go out and and uh, reach you know their goals and go have a chance to run their program. So I'm excited for Heath. I mean, Heath will um, you know he'll have a, a a very interesting spring, and he already has. He's got quite a few commitments. He's got an issue, issues with trying to keep his guys around. But uh, I, I'm excited about the the process, and then actually, hopefully, the solution. I remember last year we got Heath here. Uh, the first event that he did, kind of officially, was our golf tournament um, at at Alpine, and now that that's been named the Dave and Cheryl Rose Golf Classic um, for Huntsman uh, Cancer Institute, and that was May 22nd when we had Heath. So hopefully, we can we can beat that for by a day or two. <laughs> So take us through, obviously, there was the announcement in the West Coast Conference that there's a, a change in how things are, are going to be scheduled. There's a change in the format for the tournament. Give us just kind of a, an overview on the changes and what went into those. All right. Um, what went into those? Probably we'll talk about the, the, the part about Gonzaga going to the Mountain West Conference. Sure. Okay. That was interesting when that happened. And then the announcement of all the changes, that was interesting when that happened. And then the announcement of Gonzaga actually staying in the West Coast Conference. There you go. That all, That's not a coincidence? I don't is think it's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and it's in the best interest of the league to keep Gonzaga. Absolutely. They're, they're the, main, the men's basketball team is the main brand of Abs- the league. Absolutely. So, so did these, in, in your mind, did these changes appease Gonzaga? Oh, no no question. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot more... Um, you know, kind of changes that that you don't know about yet, that you haven't seen that will really help Gonzaga, which actually really helps us, you know, really helps BYU. So I think that uh, revenue distribution and things like that. Uh, and so I, uh, I I think that it's healthy. It's I think that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's what you it's, it's what you need to do. You need to be able to uh, make adjustments because this this whole basketball, you know, uh, world NCAA basketball world is so fluent it's just and and you've got to be able to make adjustments to to keep things um you know running the way it needs to run and we need Gonzaga in our league I mean and so uh, I I think the tournament format is probably more of an issue than all the rest of it the, the scheduling for the regular season I think obviously every team will do what they need to do teams that are rebuilding teams that are trying to win games all schedule for us we're trying to get you know, the very best RPI games we can possibly get. And if we have to go on the road and play them, if we have to play them at home, if it's a guarantee where they don't return it, everything is on the table, you know, for us to be able to replace those two games, which would pr- probably be 250-plus RPI games, try to get them in the top 50 to top 100. So are are you suggesting there's more things on the table that didn't come out uh, uh, just, just with to, the league? Well, I think the, re- the revenue sharing is big. You know, it's just kind of mentioned at the end, but that's a, a, a big you know, kind of uh, compensation issue that uh, they needed. I think that uh, uh, the tournament format, you know, Mark is always, you know, before we came in the tournament, this is more how it went, where, where the, 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 the champion of the league and the second place team bide to the semifinals. Mark wasn't really that happy when it went uh, to that, you know, Jamie had that big uh, 
you know, uh, dream of bringing, you know, all eight of those teams in on the Saturday and have that quarterfinal and fill the arena. And, well, they fill the arena every time Gonzaga plays. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a Sunday or a Tuesday morning. or They, 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 they understand that uh, uh, the, the, the semifinal with Gonzaga and LMU, the semifinal with Gonzaga and San Diego, the semifinal with Gonzaga and BYU, the place is going to be packed. They've got that down pretty well now. So when you look at the, the way that the schedule is with the, the only the 16 league games and the opportunity to schedule more, you already mentioned that the goal is to try and get the highest RPI wherever you have to play them. So what's the process like? Because I know right now you guys, are, you guys are talking schedules right now. Yeah, and it's actually uh, probably the best conversation that we've had with Power 5 teams in the last three years. And I think a lot of it is because of how the tournament played out and how Oklahoma State doesn't get in and Oklahoma gets in, okay? And you look at their preseason schedule. Oklahoma State didn't schedule one team that was, you know, lower than 200 RPI. Oklahoma had about eight of them. And uh, I think the teams, you can see, you know, what's going on. St. Mary's, uh, their preseason schedule was, you know, pretty light and they got left out and St. Bonaventures who I don't know is if it's a better team than St. Mary's or not, but they're in the same position. We are non-power five trying to find their way into the tournament. They went to four power five schools plus the big East. You got, you got I guess in, in, power in, six, in yeah. basketball, they call it the power seven, I think, you know, cause they includes the, the American conference in that too, you know, with, uh, with uh, UConn and Cincinnati and, you know, Houston now is unbelievably good. So you you, you got to go play people, and you got you got if you can't get them to come to you, that's not an excuse. You got to go play them, and I think that we've got people talking uh, to us uh, because we're a quadrant one game. We have you look at our our RPI over the last ten years, mm-hmm. and wherever it's going to be played, and the committee looks at it at the end of the year, our RPI over those years, it's a quadrant one game. And um, hopefully it helps us. Hopefully we can get a few in the Marriott Center, but uh, for sure, you know, get out there and, and place them on the road. If someone plays in the Marriott Center, your top 75 RPI, that would be a quad one. Uh, in league, so you'll play seven uh, teams, home and road. You'll play two other teams, one home, one road. Will St. Mary's, Gonzaga, and BYU play each other twice a year for the first, like, seven years? Don't know. Don't know. I mean, <clears throat> that's something that, <clears throat> excuse me, it was so uh, – there was so much discussion and every coach had their own opinion and you, you get 10 guys in a room and, and you, everybody's speaking from their spot, you know, what they're trying to do from Malibu and what they're trying to do from San Diego and Oregon. And so <clears throat> that, that's uh it's just hard to get everybody to agree, but we, we all agreed on one thing this year and that was to not play before Christmas, you know, and uh, we, the way the next year's schedule was actually put together is that we were, uh, going to be playing on December 26th. That's when the league would start. We all agreed that we didn't want to play on December 26th. And so uh, other than that, it was a lot of guys talking about a lot of different things. But it all came together when uh, when um, the Zags decided that, uh, you know, this is what we needed to do, and everybody found a way to get it done. I didn't, everyone didn't agree. I don't know what the actual number was when the presidents voted, but it was not unanimous. And so – you know, for me personally, in, in our situation here at BYU, we want to keep them in the league. That wasn't the case with everybody, so 
It'll be interesting to see how the next meeting turns out. Well, way to leave us with that nugget. Uh, we appreciate you coming in for not one but two segments. You've joked you've wanted your own, wanted your own show. Well, you got about half the show today. Okay. Oh, yeah, I want to I want to talk about baseball and and soccer and uh, uh, women's softball. You know, those are all things that it's uh, all coming up in the whip. We, we got to do it, man. We That's right. It. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's Thanks. all coming up where in the whip around. It's in the fi- we go through all the other sports that are going on too. Oh, all right. I got I got to go. I got to go now. I can't. I, <laughs> Well, thanks, Coach. Yeah, we appreciate thank, the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. BYU Baseball, by the way, speaking of, they'll be uh, taking on the Portland Pilots tonight. We'll get to more of that coming up in the whip. Plus, Coach Rose just uh, gave us lots of material to recap. We'll uh, share our thoughts on what he just shared uh, coming up after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Batcats in Portland tonight taking on the Pilots game one of a three-game series. Gets underway 9 p.m. Eastern time. Listen to it live on BYU Radio. Jeremy and Jason here in Studio B. Two segments, if you missed it, with Dave Rose. Wow, there was a lot to digest in that. We'll do our best uh, in this segment to do it. Certainly more to come uh, coming up tomorrow. Our question of the day, is it fair to expect BYU Hoops to go to the NCAA tournament each year. Why or why not? As Dave Rose left uh, <laughs> Yeah, this one B, from at Dave Rose. <laughs> uh, at the, the real coach, Dave Rose. Yeah, he's like, you can tell all the fans, and, I, and I, this, I wrote it down. He said, every year, every time, they should expect us to go to the NCAA tournament. That's from so, the head coach. So that's the answer. Yes. That's the answer. Uh, what's your answer? <laughs> at Twiggy or Stone? No. There are a lot of good teams, it can, and it can be hard to get great players to come to Provo. I think that they should be in contention for the conference championship each year. That will lead to NCAA invites. At C underscore Armstrong 22, any team that doesn't want to classify themselves as mediocre should expect to make the tourney. That's a, but we're not asking the team, what do you expect? That's different. To me, it's the fan base. What do you expect with this? Because if you ex- do you think Pepperdine goes into the season going, we expect to make the tournament? No, they don't. Yeah. Like the fan base? No, they go, eh, hopefully we like get the four seed and like get an upset in Vegas. <laughs> like that's uh who cares? We we're in Malibu. Like, whatever. You know, that's different. Okay, so Dave Rose gave us a lot. We certainly won't do it justice. We recommend downloading uh, the entire show. Yes. The podcast on iTunes or Google Play to listen to Dave Rose comments, as well as go to BOATV.org slash BYUSN about an hour after the show, but here's some of the best stuff. Our expectations are greater than yours. When asked about this uh, question of the day, he expects to go to the NCAA tournament every year, and, he, and he's gone 8 of 13 years. Yes. So that's reasonable. Yeah, that's, that's what and, – and he was emphatic about that, that the goal is to go. That is the expectation. If you fall short, you fall short, but that gives you something to keep working for because their expectation is to be an NCAA tournament team – Every year. And advance. Yes. Uh, he, he said, that was interesting when that happened. On the timing of the Mountain <laughs> West Conference rumors, the changes, and the decision for Gonzaga to stay Yes, in the, the rumor that, that the Zags are going to the Mountain West is the first domino to fall. The next is the changes happened. And then the third domino is that the Zags decide to stay. Yeah, that, 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 not a coincidence. Yeah, not a right? coincidence at all. We're talking about Nick Emery. We mentioned that Nick said his intentions are to come back. And Dave, I, I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of, well, if his intentions are to come back, our intentions are certainly to have him back. And added that there are several things at play yes. to make that happen. So doesn't sound like it's a done deal per se. Uh, there's some work to be had with Nick Emery. Interesting comments on transfers as well. 
as there are some guys uh, every year that bounce from BYU. The question in my mind is, will Elijah Bryant stay? Will he go pro? Will he grad transfer? Or will he stay? Uh, that remains a question to be answered. Yeah, and the process of getting grad transfers to come in is ex- quite complicated yes, here. very complicated to be able to, to yeah. get done. The admissions office probably didn't like that interview with Dave Rose. Let's just be honest with but, how things went. But, yeah, this was really, really good stuff from, from head coach Dave Rose. All right, coming up, three former Cougars will be in action tonight trying to impress NFL scouts. More to come on that in the whip around. Plus, your reactions to the interview with Dave Rose and our question of the day, is it fair to expect the NCAA tournament every year for BYU hoops? Absolutely, says Dave Rose. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Dave Rose. Two segments with him. Juicy interview. We're going to break it down uh, quite a bit coming up tomorrow. If you missed any of today's show, and you missed a lot, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Also coming up tomorrow, former Cougar offensive lineman Tooney Knooch on the program. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. CBS sports writer Chris Trapasso names Fred Warner the 90th best player in the 2018 draft, which, as we mentioned earlier, begins two weeks from today. Former Cougars Algie Brown, Manoa Pakula, and Graham Rowley will play for the West team in the second game of the Spring League doubleheader tonight, 9 Eastern. Baseball. Cougars starting a three-game series tonight at Portland. You can listen on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. Cougars in the minors. Taylor Cole in AAA pitched one and two-thirds, allowed a hit and a run while striking out four in a four loss to the El Paso Chihuahuas. <laughs> Colton Mahoney picked up his first win of the season after pitching two and a third innings. Mahoney allowed three hits and an earned run. And by the way, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the AA affiliate of the Miami Marlins, actually outdrew the Marlins last night, probably because Colton was pitching. Amen to that, man. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Goes to Colton Mahoney for that. And Dave Rose yes. for coming in for not one but two segments. <laughs> we have some questions that uh, we're hoping to get answers to, and I think we got a lot of answers. He was fantastic. If you missed it, you were definitely going to want to check that out. I appreciate Dave Rose's candor. Yes. He's, he's quite candid often, and uh, today was no And different. we hit a lot of different topics. There's a lot of information there. Frankly, we could have done the whole show with Dave. There was a lot to talk <laughs> yeah. about. Our question of the day, is it fair to expect BYU Hoops to go to the NCAA tournament each year? Why or why not? Our elite tweet of the day at Cosmo DeCougar. Is it fair to expect Jeremy Jordan to shave his head every year? Is it fair yes. to expect Kalani Sataki to color coordinate the shades of blue? Is it fair to expect every... Boney Fuller tweet to be a winner. Everything but the last one's a no. Hey, the conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. On demand, BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Doug Brady. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.